ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As have the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations, and why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it, but <laughs> hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. <laughs> Two people just winging it in life, and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Hi guys, welcome to History of a Haunting. That is Laura Ackerman. And that is Carrie Hopper. I threw a curveball. I hope. I'm all, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) And I am Archie Bays. (laughs) Archie pants. Oh, Archie pants. Little Archie pants. Um, <clears throat> we are going to Jamaica in this week's episode. And I'm Jamaica Mon. I'm pretty excited. I've already told Laura that we have to go there uh, on a trip. And um, I know you've been there. Damn travel. I just went to. I just went to Montego Bay with my family and stayed in like a resort. It wasn't like a. Oh, it wasn't a thing. I just went to Jamaica with my family. <laughs> <laughs> it was for a wedding and it was like some crazy thing. We went to a wedding um, that was held at the resort, at, at one of the resorts at Montego Bay. It was really nice though. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful place. We know our location is in Montego Bay, so we're just going to have to go back. But the trip list is getting quite long for 2022. Save all my pennies. Right. <laughs> all my penny. Mm-hmm. And pick them up when you find them on the sidewalk. And right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sell, you know, plasma and, you know, whatever else. Right. And when you see me delivering your pizzas, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> your Grubhub driver, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a great time. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, uh, EVPs. I don't have any. I can't think of anything either. Um, How are the kittens? They are really cute. They just get cuter and cuter every day. Uh, they're doing really well. And, yeah, they're, I mean. They're, they're kind of becoming, becoming like their mom. They're kind of getting a little bossy, a little uh, too familiar, a little. Oh, uh, yeah, if you hear the meowing, they're just yelling at me. It's fine. I'm used to it, but you might hear it in the background here and there. <laughs> they <laughs> yell at me. It's just like. Talk louder. So we fun. can't hear the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Awesome. Great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we release our, I, okay. I guess I, here's the thing. I don't have EVPs when I start, but then we get to talking. And I'm like, oh, tell them this. So EVPs just sort of happen as I, words come out of my mouth. Um, we did release our very first mini episode on Tuesday. Uh, it was kind of a behind the scenes of the investigation that we did and the trip that we took. And uh, we are now best friends with Mothman. So hopefully you guys listen to that. And we had a great time and we had a great time uh, recording the episode too. So it was fun to just be like, oh God, and then this, and then that, and then our, you know, our new driving game. and. Um, yeah, so we certainly hope that you'll check out the mini episode. We are going to release them. They're not going to be like on a consistent schedule, guys. We're going to do it when um, we go to 
you know, fun locations and we have, um, investigations that we do. So we actually, we do have a bunch coming up for the rest of this year. So I and my team, Southern Entities Paranormal with Chris Allgood and Audra Keeler, we are going to be doing an overnight investigation. Uh, Well, uh, today is the 31st when this episode comes out. So we are probably there now doing our overnight of the 1830 Montgomery House in um, Montgomery County, North Carolina. And then we have Trans Allegheny at the end of August. We have the Stanley Hotel in October. And then Laura and I are doing a podcast friends and fans event, paranormal investigation of the 1910 jail in Globe, Arizona. And that's going to close out our year for us. And then um, we have a bunch that we're planning for 2022. So we're going to have about four more little mini behind the scenes episodes for you. Um, yeah. Just so, this year. Just, just this, this year. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost about, minus a little bit in the holidays, it's almost about one a month that mm-hmm. we already know for sure we're going to have. And that just doesn't include anything else that comes up. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So um, we hope you enjoy them. We definitely want you to check them out. Again, as always, uh, Patreons get all of the evidence that we capture. Um, everybody at the $5 and up level, we do have two donor levels, the $2 cheers clink level and the $5 snort laugh level. Um, that was named after our co-founder and co-host Archie Bays because his snort laughs are life. Um, <laughs> there's always a goal of mine to try to get that fucker to snort laugh at every episode. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I have. Hope you check out that mini episode because it's amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically our, a big long EVP, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we decided to put a mini episode out so that our regular episodes weren't nine hours long. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. All right. So Laura, the kittens are good. The mini episodes are good. And why don't we just jump right in? We are going to Rose Hall Manor in Jamaica, Montego Bay, Jamaica, to be more specific. And uh, Little Miss, go ahead, take it away with the history. All right. So this information was gathered from wikipedia.com and zocalapublicsquare.org essay by Tom Zollner. So Rose Hall is widely regarded to be a visually impressive home um, and the most famous home in Jamaica. It is a mansion in Jamaican Georgian style with a stone base and a plastered upper story. It's high on a hillside and it has a panoramic view over the coast. Um, The architect uh, was James Hakewell. Um, and he visited, or the architect, James Heckwell, he was not the architect of the place, but he visited the building and he wrote, um, quote, it is placed at a delightful elevation and commands a very extensive sea view. Its general appearance has much of the character of a handsome Italian villa. A double flight of stone steps leads to an open portico, giving access to the entrance hall, on the left of which is the eating room, and on the right, the drawing room, behind which are other apartments for domestic uses. The right wing, fitted up with a great elegance and enriched with painting and gilding, was a private apartment of the late Mrs. Palmer. And the left wing is occupied by servants' apartments and offices. The principal staircase in the body of the house is a specimen of joinery and mahogany and other costly wood seldom excelled and leads to a suite of chambers in the upper story. End quote. That was so basically, beautiful because you really, you described that really, really well. Or the... Well, 
the, the oh, architect the writer, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, I was like, really? Looking, thinking about my house and going, what can I add here? Right. I need some gilding and very nicely joined mahogany. Right. I'm a little bit lacking. Um, <laughs> right. Um, so it does sit on about 290 acres of cane land, um, which was originally bought by Henry Fanning for 3,000 pounds in 1742. It was previously called True Friendship and had belonged to Richard Lawrence. So Henry married Rosa Kelly on July 16th, 1746, but he died soon afterwards. Um, His widow inherited the estate and married George Ash, a local plantation owner who realized Fanning's plan to build Rose Hall. It ended up costing 30,000 pounds to build and was lavishly decorated with carved mahogany and stone. However, Ash also died in 1752. People were not living a long time. It's kind of the Oregon Trail of death in this story. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a whole lot of people (laughs) that just kind of pass away. Um, So, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so however, Ash died in 1752. So Rosa married for a third time to Norwood Witter in May of 1753, who lived until the 20th of May, 1765. Um, and he managed to consume a significant amount of her fortune, unfortunately. Scrub. Um, in May of 1767. Please don't get that song stuck in my head or I will right. take me home country roads. <laughs> Listen. Shit, it's my- already in there. Damn it, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't blame me. Blame left eye. <laughs> God rest her soul. Right. In May of 1767, she married John Palmer, um, a widower who owned the adjoining plantation, Palmera. So Rosa also died in 1790, leaving her property to her husband. So when Palmer died in 1797, he left the property in trust to his two sons, John and James Palmer. However, they both died childless. And in 1818, the two estates were passed down to John Rose Palmer, his grandnephew. John Rose Palmer came to Jamaica from England to claim the estate, and on the 28th of March, 1820, he married Anne Mary Patterson from Lucia Hanover Parish. John Rose Palmer died in November of 1827. Uh, More to come on that. So Rose Hall Estate um, has about 650 acres divided among sugarcane, grass, and pasture for over 270 head of cattle. Wow. Yeah, so about 250 enslaved Africans were housed on the Palmera estate, which comprised of about 1,250 acres. Wow. Yeah. In the summer of 1831, a select group of enslaved people in northwest Jamaica began murmuring to each other about, quote, the business, end quote. So there was fledgling enterprise in the presence of a white master and it was a ticket to torture and likely death by hanging. So this was basically the beginning of the rumors, people trying to get together to get the uprising, the uprising together. Yeah. But if you did this, like, and they found out, I mean, the end of what was going to have the end of tortures that were going to happen to you. Were, it's, there's no, yeah, it's just not good. So, However, um, they took extreme precautions to swear new recruits to secrecy. So within a few months, um, about 60,000 enslaved people had heard about the effort through the plantation networks. 
Holy shit. Slaves talking to slaves. Um, right. So on the night of December 27th, 1831, the business opened. The first signal fires were lit in the hills above Montego Bay, and soon plantation houses went up in flames across the richest West Indian colony of the British Empire. White Jamaica found... Yeah, like they just... I mean... Once once the signals went up, like everything just started going all at the same time, which is the best way to get rid of them. Um, So White Jamaica found itself contending with its biggest insurrection ever. Um, It took five weeks for the British military crack crack down to restore the quiet. Holy shit, really? Yeah. I love it. Me too. So the rebellion's end would not be a lasting defeat. Uh, Most of the British public was already disgusted by slavery, um, having to, like, fight countless overseas wars. um, What What year was this? 1831. Oh, shit. Okay, so the American Civil War hadn't even happened yet. No. Okay. Um, all right. So after hmm. the Jamaican rebellion, uh, political pressure, pressure built um, in England. And within 18 months of the first fire, slavery was abolished throughout the British empire. So this was a real catalyst for, yeah. um, for that happening was yeah. how big this rebellion was. Holy shit. This was huge. 60,000. That's impressive. That's, that's yeah. It's a, I, I, that's a, a lot. lot of people. That's a mm-hmm. lot of people. <laughs> yes. And they were all enslaved people. There were no like yes. white sympathizers. It was all just in 60,000. Or it doesn't say specifically, but you would imagine that, yeah, pretty much mostly it would be. Okay. Um, so the rebellion, although it did fail initially, it ended up succeeding. Um, and not just advancing freedom. Uh, the Christmas uprising, as I called it, in Jamaica was a groundbreaking action and a model. Its enslaved leaders anticipated the methods of later revolutionary movements from the IRA to Gandhi's struggle with the British, from the French underground fight against the Nazis to the U.S. civil rights movement. So the story of the Jamaican revolution suggests that methods of calculated revolutionary action transcends historical periods. It's, I mean, we just saw this too with the Arab Spring, right? right? I mean, we just saw how one, um, one, act, like a, a bit of actions in certain places can can just spread like wildfire and inspire so many others to take action and oppose um, the leadership that they don't like. Yeah, which concerns me about the goings on in our country currently. Absolutely. I feel like January 6th. I feel like January 6th was just a warning shot, really. I agree. I don't love it. Uh, No. I mean, we always have to be... There's been a consistent thing from from, um, the Oklahoma City bombings to to today. I mean, there's definitely Mm -hmm. a line of um, terrorism that's coming from inside our country. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So, um, bringing the podcast down, honey, bringing it down. (laughs) Right. It's not my job. That's (laughs) it's not great. And it's not going to get better. It's not great. (laughs) Mm -mm. That's a new sticker. It's not great. (laughs) It's not great. (laughs) So the rebellion, um, was quickly suppressed by British forces. Um, 
I mean, it did take them a little bit of time, but I mean, considering, mm, um, yeah. you know, the reaction of the Jamaican government and reprisals of the plantocracy were far more brutal. Approximately 500 slaves were killed, with 207 killed outright during the revolt. After the rebellion, an estimated 310 to 340 slaves were killed through various forms of judicial executions. Out um, of 60,000? Yeah, which isn't... I mean, it's, I mean, it's it terrible been that anybody... Yeah, I mean, I, I was waiting for you to say 310,000 were killed by judi- I was, But you're like 300... Well, they still had to run the plantations. So they weren't thinking... I mean, they were thinking still economically, right? Like, take out the leaders, mm. um, provide That's examples, still... and they still needed people to work. And, yeah. Because they, they weren't. I mean, <laughs> I don't like to work, but I do. Yeah, yeah exactly. It sucks. Don't give me side eye. I work. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh-huh. Sure you do. Um <laughs> So at times, slaves were executed for quite minor offenses. Uh, one recorded execution was for the theft of a pig, another a cow. Um, it just, this was not great times. Um, an 1853 account of Henry uh, Blebby described how the courts commonly executed three or four people simultaneously. Bodies were piled up until the black people relegated to the workhouse, carted the bodies away at night, and buried them in mass graves outside town. After the rebellion, property damage was estimated in the Jamaican Assembly Summary Report in March 1832 at approximately 1,154,589 pounds, or roughly what would have been 124 million pounds in 2021 money. Jesus. So way more in America. Blah, 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 blah. Right. What do we know? I don't know. A dollar 30, I think, to a pound. Are we a dollar 30? Hmm. Uh, I didn't look specifically, but um, thousands of rebels had set fire to more than 100 properties, destroying over 40 sugar works and the houses of nearly 100 planters. So about 100 plantation homes were were destroyed. Um, The planters suspected many missionaries of having encouraged the rebellion. Um, Some, such as William Nib and Blebby, were arrested, tarred, and feathered, but later released. I never understood that. I've never understood the purpose of tarring and feathering somebody like the tarring. Okay, sure. Hot tar. Yeah, that sucks. But the feathering, I don't, I think that's kind of like make a mockery. I, it is, that. but it's just sort of nursery rhymey kind of like, I, yeah. I, I'm sure it probably I mean, held more significance back then, but right now I'm like, are we fucking five? What is happening <laughs> What? No, and generally that that I mean that kills you. So it's not like they the live. tarring alone. Well, the tarring alone, right? But I suppose the feathering yeah. then just adds insult to injury. You're right. It's just okay. a mockery, I think. I still um, think it's ridiculous. Let's it do is. what Henry VIII did and fucking draw and quarter people. What's wrong with that? I'm kidding. It's a joke, guys. You can't be in charge of anything. I'm <laughs> kidding. Let's not do that. Okay. So groups of white colonials um, destroyed chapels that housed black congregations as a reprisal. Mm. Um, so Rose Hall itself as a plantation was severely damaged in the revolt and it <laughs> sat in such a state. I forgot what we were so, talking about. I was like, go right? on about the rebellion. And then you're like, Rose Hall, I'm like, oh, right. We had a specific place. Right. Sorry. Right. Right. I was engrossed. 
So, so that was really damaged. Um, and it sat until renovations began in the 1960s. Wow, so really? Are we like 100 years later? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, so Rose Hall was bought in 1977 by a former Miss USA, Michelle Rollins, and her entrepreneurial husband, that one is a hard, that word is always hard, John Rollins, and they refurbished it at a great personal expense and conceptualized a tour and museum that showcases Rose Hall's slave history, antique splendor, and original fittings. So now it's supposed to be, I mean, basically like kind of how it was. Like it's just back to its beautiful original splendor um, and you can visit it. Uh, and we will be. Pretty. <laughs> and, and hence our vacation plans. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm going to take but, you to the best places in the world, Laura. They the might time. not have beds and they might be covered in bugs. Yeah, there might be so black far. mold. And, you yeah. know, I mean, they're not going to be five star, but they're going to ha- give you experiences. Right. They're not even one star, but it's fun. Um, but that is the uh, <laughs> history of Rose Hall. That was fabulous. Great job. That was really, really great. Um I had no idea. I mean, I had I had I had known about the the um uprising in Jamaica. I think we talk about mm-hmm. it a little bit in the in the LaLaurie Mansion episode that we did. Mm-hmm. But um I had never known about the, you know, the actual details of it. And I think it's it's pretty amazing. I actually think it's pretty amazing. And granted, yeah, they they needed people to like run the plantations and and the farms and stuff like that, but I still think it's kind of dumbfounding that only what under like 2000 people yeah. out of 60,000 were killed or executed or punished or not punished, but executed. That's kind of shocking to me given how shitty, you know, they were treated and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how, how much they didn't value the lives of the people that, that worked for them. Yeah. A thousand percent. I completely agree. Um, wow. Okay. Well, um, that's going to be hard to follow. So fuck you very much for that. I'm going to try my best though, because you know, I like to find the gross, gory and caca. Um, Yes, of course you do. (laughs) It's kind of my jam. Um, (laughs) Gross, gory and caca. Maybe that's a new sticker. Anyway, we will get back to the gross, the gory and the caca. Sorry, Aaron. I know you hate this part. Uh, As soon as you guys listen to this lovely promo from our buddy podcast, Happy Hour Gets Weird. Yay! Hi, I'm Cassie. I'm Tiffany. And we're the hosts of Happy Hour Gets Weird. On our podcast, we talk all things weird. Like UFOs, Bigfoot, astrology, ghosts, and even true crime. And every episode, we create a fabulous new cocktail. So fabulous. If you're looking for a little weirdness, please search Happy Hour Gets Weird on your favorite podcast platform. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. All right. So I got some bad stuff to say. Um, and the terrible things were brought to me by... GoNomad.com, TheVintageNews.com, Medium.com, an article by Karen Nordis and What's Haunting Me. Um, also, sorry, The Vintage News was written by Boban Dovchetsky and Go Nomad article was written by 
Connie Motts, and then Travel Travel Age Travel Age West article by Mark Rogers. So um, I thought I would start at <laughs> my part with a fun fact. I generally like to end with fun facts, but this was kind of you know fun, and you kind of brought the room down. Um, <laughs> good job. I try. I'm proud. Try. Thank you. I'm very proud. That's my job, and you. Did it's it really usually well. it's usually it's usually you, and it will be again. Very shortly, I know um, that. I mean, a thousand percent. Um, so Rose Hall was nicknamed the Calendar House because it originally had 365 windows, 52 doors, and 12 bedrooms, which I thought was really cool. That is really interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So we're going to talk a lot about Annie Patterson, who had married one of the Palmers. You had mentioned about 12 or 20 of them. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned a bunch. Mm-hmm. John. John. I yeah, believe. It was like John Rose Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. So she she was actually born in Haiti in the late 1700s. Through an unfortunate twist of fate, she actually lost both of her parents to yellow fever when she was about six years old. She did have a caretaker who took on the responsibility of raising her. And it's actually while Annie was in her care that she allegedly learned witchcraft and voodoo. Now, during this time, Haiti was ripe with turmoil and was entrenched in a revolution waged by its enslaved population. Um, did you come across any of this in your part? Like any um, kind of uh, crossover? Uh, yeah, I um, I read the whole story of her, but I knew you were going to cover it. So okay. I kind of left it for you. But um, yeah, so I read all about her upbringing and then kind of how fun she got later. Oh my God. She was the best of parties. So fun. So fun. Um, So this war made it very unsafe for its white inhabitants, obviously, to um, live there and stay there. And it actually may have influenced Annie's desire to leave when she reached the age of maturity. So uh, due to another twist of fate or due to Annie's seasoned voodoo skills, John Palmer crossed her path when she was about 18 years old. Uh, He married Annie and he took her from Haiti back to Jamaica with him. Although John whisked this orphaned girl away as she has had always dreamed. um, It's actually believed that married life was not the fairy tale romance that she may have envisioned. Um, Which I mean, it was the 1800, like, yeah. Roman. Marriage is hardly fairy tale romance today in 2021. So I can only imagine how not fairy tale it was in the 1800s. But I've never been married. So please don't take my advice on it. Uh, <laughs> ignore my perspective entirely. Um, so legend tells that the much older man was an abusive husband. And within just a few months, Annie began taking lovers from amongst the male slaves on Rose Hall plantation. When her husband caught her in bed with a slave, he had the slave murdered and he had severely beaten Annie with a riding crop. So the legend states that the next day, John Palmer was dead either killed by poison in his coffee or perhaps by black magic. Um, to that end, I say, 
Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks is one of my favorite songs or now the <laughs> Chicks. But, right. you know, let's not take the law into our own hands. Also, if you're dealing with somebody who is fairly skilled in voodoo, maybe you don't mess with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so now with John dead, Annie actually inherited the estate and could pretty much do whatever she wished. And she kind of fucking did. So stories say that nobody could keep her in check. I mean, who was going there, to? There was nobody there. There yeah. was nobody there. Um Stories uh, say that she was a total psychopath unleashed, which is always great. Which, by the way, I'm going to deviate entirely from our podcast and just say that Rodney Alcala, the dating game killer, I found out, I found this out today. And when I was like a psychopath unleashed, hmm, um, it reminded me of this. Rodney Alcala, the dating game killer. Laura, do you know who, right. you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yes, I know. Absolutely. Who is, yeah. Yeah. He died yesterday of natural causes. At the age of seven. Oh, he did. He did. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I had just seen a story. Maybe that's why about how they're still trying to identify the women in his phone in those pictures. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, to see he if died. they are victims or just uh-huh. people that crossed his path. Yeah, yeah. He died yesterday at the age of seventy-seven, and so to that I say, see a never psychopath. Anyway, cheers, Clink. Yeah, cheers, <laughs> Clink. Uh, Reverie True Crime actually posted about it. Um, Paige, who we promote her podcast on this podcast, she had actually posted about it on her Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, that's so great. (laughs) Right. Yeah. For real. Yeah. So when I read Psychopath Unleashed in my notes here, I was like, oh, by the way, speaking of Psychopaths Unleashed. um, Exactly. Anyway, back to Annie Palmer. She took many lovers from amongst the male slaves and sometimes had them killed when she grew tired of them. Uh, she also liked to punish and torture the slaves for the slightest infraction, real or imagined. Uh, she's a peach. She's she's something. She's, she's something. She's, she's something. So a tour guide who works in Rose Hall told a um, the article of, or I'm sorry, the author of this article that Annie required the slaves who worked around the kitchen to always whistle so that she would know they weren't stealing food. And if they were not caught whistling, she would have their heads cut off for stealing food. Or if they I were did. caught not whistling, rather. Right. Yeah. She, I, I did read that. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She reminds me very, very much of Delphine LaLaurie, who was mm-hmm. similar, very, very similar yeah. to... Um, these fucking crazy white broths. (laughs) So on the second floor of Rose Hall is a small balcony overlooking the courtyard. And this is where, according to stories, Annie liked to stand every morning and watch the slaves be beaten for whatever infraction they had committed. Apparently she had quite the appetite for pain and enjoyed their suffering. Um, This woman is so disgusting in so many ways. The stories are kind of endless about how mm-hmm. just, yeah, terrible she was. There's no shortage. Mm-mm, there's no shortage. So she treated, um, obviously she treated the slaves terribly, shouting orders from her balcony, torturing them and killing them when she was not satisfied, either in like the daily running of her house or in bed. Um, 
Bear traps were used to help keep the slaves within property lines. She ruled her domain using fear and cruelty, and her power over the plantation was unmistakable. Which... I Sometimes, you guys, I really actually get disgusted by the shit I talk about, but, you know, it's history of haunting, and sometimes hauntings are caused by extreme spiritual torture and distress. Generally. Um, weren't they just also afraid of her because of the voodoo, like, rumors of, the, of her mm-hmm. voodoo prowess? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just, like, the physica- physical torture and right. the bear traps and the, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, like, it wasn't just, like, her her um, skill in voodoo or black magic. Um, but, like like you said, it was just, she was just kind of a cunt in general. So yeah. if they lied to her, she would cut out their tongues. She would spit on them for fun. She kept them in a cell 20 feet below the ground. She wouldn't give them medical attention. And a lot of them would starve to death or die from the elements. So... Wow. Yeah, she was not great. Um, There was a a report where a child slave had tried to poison her milk. And when Annie found out, she beheaded the child. And she made the other slaves take turns walking to the water and back with a basket on their heads containing the little girl's head. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It it gets worse. So Mm -hmm. have a drink. Have a sip. (laughs) Uh, when the slaves would have babies, she would make them tie the babies to ants' nests so the ants would bite them to death so that Annie could collect their skulls for her rituals. Okay. She's terrible. Yeah. I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> yeah. Everybody take a fucking giant sip for that one. So um, the slaves of Rose Hall Plantation despised Annie and she knew that she was involved in the mysterious and they knew that she was actually involved in the mysterious deaths of her husband's plural. So after Mm -hmm. John, she had married a couple more times and they kind of died weirdly. She was described as a mean, cruel plantation mistress who tortured her slaves and treated them very poorly. I mean, after what I just said, duh. Uh, Mm -hmm. After the death of each of her husbands, she increased the terror upon her slaves and continued her love affairs with certain male slaves. When she grew tired of them, she is said to have either cursed them with black magic or killed them. So back to these husbands. She married twice more after John Palmer, who Mm -hmm. gave her the opportunity to unleash this terror on this plantation. So she married twice more, and both marriages ended up with the husband's death. Again, there was suspicion that Annie had killed them. So Jamaica is a pretty large island, but people tend to talk, and soon rumors started going around about Annie carrying on with the male slaves. So she would take another husband in an effort to quell these rumors. Um. So her marriages were never any happier than the prior one. Um, And it said that she stabbed her second husband in the heart while he was sleeping. Then Mm. she poured, because she wasn't sure that that fucking did it. So she poured hot oil into his ears in in an attempt to make sure that he was actually dead, which. That'll do it. mm, 
I mean, God, if you're the husband, you hope it did. Right. And she wasn't a big woman, right? Like she was like 4'11 or something I read. So mm-hmm. yeah, like she had to be sneaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was vicious, yeah. vicious. And oh, fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Super fucking crazy. Um, she was either a relative of Delphine LaLaurie, in my opinion. I'm not saying that she mm-hmm. was, but I feel like they had to have shared a bloodline or she was Delphine LaLaurie <laughs> and fucking Carnet. I mean, goddamn. Yeah. Um, so after this poor son of a bitch, uh, Annie then married a third time, but this husband didn't last any longer than the other two. This time, Annie had her lover Taku to help dispatch this guy by strangulation. So Taku was a slave on her plantation. Mm-hmm. He was an Obea man or Obea, O-B-E-A-H. Um, and his name was Taku. He was a slave um, who stories say also had a knowledge of the black arts. The widely accepted story tells us that Annie was brought to an end by this man. Um, allegedly, she had put a curse on the granddaughter of Taku. Um, he so an Obea man or own an Obia man is a mm-hmm. black magic practitioner. Um, okay. So Annie was trying to win the love of an Englishman called Robert Rutherford because she needed another husband to like okay. kind of prove to everybody she- that she wasn't screwing all of her fucking black slaves. Okay. So she needed another husband because they were just dropping like flies. It was really super weird. It's, it happens. It I mean, happens when you kill them. It happens you know, when you stick kill around. Them. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, So she was trying to win the love of this Robert Rutherford, but he was actually in love with Taku's granddaughter. So Annie used a curse called the old Hige or the old H-I-G-E. I'm going to say Hige. Okay. Um, Which this curse is basically a visit from a ghost whose presence causes the victim to slowly wither and die. Apparently, whatever, if the curse worked, if it didn't, through coincidence or what have you, the granddaughter actually died. And so after his granddaughter died, Taku, who was her slave lover, lover, um, he gathered an army of slaves and they surrounded the house so she couldn't escape. And he strangled Annie to death. Wow. Yeah. Um, he was she apparently a coming. very, very, very tall, big, powerful, strong, black magic practicing slave. So she kind of tangled with the wrong dude at this particular time. Exactly. Good for him. Right. She um, met her match. She did. She met her match. So the slaves then buried Annie and burned all of her possessions or what they thought were all of her possessions and her portraits in the fear that remnants of her, that her spirit might still exist within them. They also performed a voodoo ritual during the funeral to prevent her ghost visiting the living world. It's actually said that the ceremony wasn't completed successfully and her spirit still haunts Rose Hall and terrifies people to this day. And I'll get into that in just a little, little bit. 
So apparently the slaves refused to touch her because they believed her to be that cursed. And neighbors in neighboring plantations, white folks had to come over to put her in the concrete grave. The slaves are like, I ain't touching this fucking bitch. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. What's interesting is Rose Hall was actually spared during the slave rebellion that you had talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't burned down entirely because the slaves had known about her. They had known about Rose Hall. They had known what she was doing and what was going on. And they were afraid that fire would release her trapped spirit from the property. And so it was intentionally left not untouched, but not as. But not burned to the ground. Decimated as the others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there have been sightings of a figure in a green velvet writing or a green velvet dress, which she loved to wear, uh, riding mm-hmm. a black horse, which she was known to own across the property. Screams oh. and sounds of somebody running in the mansion have also been reported. Visitors to the great house, which is what it's called, um, have seen <clears throat> Annie in her green velvet riding dress. Um Riding around the plantation grounds at night looking for runaway slaves. She's also been seen standing on her balcony, still watching over the plantation, even in death. Wow. Yeah. So visitors continue to hear voices, see bloodstains, hear footsteps, music, and babies crying. Many visitors discover unusual photographs after visiting, all reminders that the presence of Annie Palmer is still evident today. So ghost adventures, who everybody knows how I feel about ghost adventures, but they also know that I do respect the evidence that they capture. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, They had one of the tour guides go into the mansion and place REM pods around him. Um, And this is the tour guide. This wasn't like a ghost adventures team member or a crew. Um, So they had this tour guide go into the mansion and they placed REM pods around him and REM pods um, go off like at a very annoying alarm Mm -hmm. um, when something comes close to them. And also when the temperature fluctuates within their field of um, proximity, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, they placed REM pods all around this guy. They asked a bunch of questions to any and any entity that might be in the room, and they actually got a bunch of intelligent responses. Um, oh. They did capture a woman's voice say, "Oh my goodness." Um, so, I mean, you know, it's eh. obviously everything that I mean. You've been on paranormal investigations now, Laura. Everything that you find and that you capture. Generally, there is a, a a cause for it, but sometimes mm-hmm. there's not. And some of this right. stuff kind of is like, okay, that's not necessarily definitive, but also it's a little fucking weird. Okay, yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's stuff that's unnerving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unexplainable. Yeah, there's just no explanation for it. So guests have heard people screaming in their ears while trying to sleep. Don't love that. Mm-mm. No, they've seen shadow figures. Um, there's a mirror that was in Nanny's bedroom that people have seen. Like if you're standing, you're looking, you're in Nanny's bedroom and you're looking in this mirror, you see people running behind you. Only when you turn around, there's no one there. Um, okay. Yeah. A woman in a white dress has been seen in and around the property. You can also hear running footsteps coming toward you that then stop at the door of the room you're in. 
Also I, not great. Nah, that's not great. That is not it's great. Not great. Mm-mm. So the custodian that works there says he hears footsteps that follow him into each room he's cleaning, and he never stays in the building past six p.m. because that's when the real crazy ghost shit happens. Wow. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, He said when he's closing the windows and doors, he can actually feel people staring at him through them. I think, I think that you and I experienced that in the college, you know, old hospital on college Hill. Like we never felt that we were alone in that building. It wasn't just you, me, Chris and Audra. It did feel like there were people like hiding from it. Definitely felt like being watched. I mean, I felt that way. I don't know. Did you feel that way? Like, um, there were definitely times. Um, mostly it was just creepy. Like, you know, when you just get the creeps all the time, like it would just, it was a creepy place. And then it would kind of dissipate as we were doing stuff. And then you would kind of wait and then feel creepy again. You know what I mean? Like get that whole creeped out vibe again. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Um, one family who um, whose maid had moved there with them, um, they moved into the property and the maid had moved in there with them. They had heard the maid scream, um, leave me alone. And then all of a sudden they heard this um, other scream and a thud. And when they ran to go see what was going on, she had fallen off of the balcony and broken her neck. There was nobody else in the house but the family, and they were all downstairs when the bitch plummeted to the fucking floor. So a psychic who had visited, um, this is kind of fucked up. So a psychic who visited. Um, I guess the rest of the story was fucking totally great. So I can't wait for this part. (laughs) Okay. So remember when I talked about how she would keep the slaves in the basement? And she wouldn't mm. let them like have medical treatment or air or, like normal shit. Mm. Um, they've turned that like into air. a bar. <laughs> like air. Yeah. They've turned that space into a bar. Uh, oh, it sounds Rose like Hall. a great place to have a drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a psychic who visited that said that the bar down in the basement was the room where she'd throw her slaves. And while she was there, she could hear the screams of hundreds of slaves see people chained to the walls, saw people sick and injured with infections. So when we're sipping on our Malibu and our pineapple juice, we'll picture that. You're like, no, we won't. She's shaking her head. I'll be looking and enjoying my delicious room drink and trying not to think of that, actually. Mm -hmm. Do you hear that? I hear screaming. Um, did you hear, did you hear, did you hear that? Did you hear that? I heard that. I heard that. (laughs) So the psychic also said that the white witch, Annie, still guards the house to this day and won't free the slave's souls. So they're still afraid and they can't find the light to cross over, which I think is disgusting and horrible. We all belong in the light. Saddest fucking thing. Yeah. We all belong in the light. I hate it. I I hate that. She also smelled death and she couldn't breathe in Annie's bedroom, which <laughs> I bet Annie's bedroom smelled like death and a bunch of other crap. <laughs> like I would not want to be in that room. I could not imagine being a psychic at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So apparently one couple stayed the night in Annie's bedroom and ended up running out in the middle of the night because they couldn't take it anymore. 
They didn't say what they couldn't take, but they were like, keep our money. We don't care. We're the fuck out of here. Legit. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Another guest captured a photo of a humanoid figure of a white mist laying with them in bed, which she actually didn't see at the time when she took the photo. Uh, Gross. Gross. So this is when we get into Johnny Cash. Now, he actually even had the ghost of Annie haunt him on occasion when he would stay there. And apparently he lived down in Jamaica about six months a year in a place. Oh, God. Cinnamon Hall. Cinnamon. I can't remember. It was a plantation next next door. Mm -hmm. And by next door, I mean like. Down the road a piece. Yeah, a piece. Mm -hmm. So. Um, he had actually written the Ballad of Annie Palmer. Um, for licensing reasons, I cannot play the song in our episode, but I absolutely encourage everybody to look up Johnny Cash's Ballad of Annie Palmer. And he does. It's it's an amazing song. And he talks about, are your three husbands buried in the, there's these three palm trees that are on the beach on Rose uh-huh. Hall and he's like are you because there's a rumor that their her husbands are buried right. underneath these palm trees and he sings about that and so um I we could probably link it with our social we media could link it yeah the we YouTube. Link it. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure um so the author whose name is simply who's haunting me writes quote as the guide moved our group into the dining room I noticed a female apparition wearing a long light blue dress with a tiny flower pattern I guess that she was probably in her early 30s and had lived during the early 19th century. She had dark hair that was pulled into a tight bun. She seemed to be oblivious of the tourists as she walked around the dining room before disappearing at a corner. Words are so hard. Before (laughs) disappearing at the corner of the table. It was if she had stepped into a doorway to the other side. She goes on to say, quote, I gave my son and daughter specific instructions on how to tune into the energy of the house. Kind of like what Chris did with us at College Hill. Mm -hmm. Ground yourself with the building. Yeah, exactly. Um, I instructed them to pay attention to how they felt and be aware of bodily sensations that they might experience. I told them to let me know if they felt anything unusual. Since neither of them has ever been on a paranormal investigation with me, nor did they know much about being an empath, I was curious to see if either of them had the gift. So basic, basically, nope. Basically. I hate when that happens. Basically. <laughs> it's so much worse than basically. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, she used basic her- bitches. Basic bitch. <laughs> oh my God. Ba- it's a new sticker. Basic bitches. Basic bitches. Basic bitches are the worst. Um, basically she used her children as trigger objects, which I'm not above doing either. (laughs) She says, quote, as I expected, my son was the first to inform me of the crossing. Wow. You are on a roll. (laughs) Crushing sensation that he felt on his chest as we began entering the second floor where the reported murders had occurred. But as we walked from room to room, I again sensed that the energy just wasn't matching the story that I was hearing as the tour guide led us into each of the rooms where Annie Palmer had supposedly murdered her husband. If there were ghosts on the second floor, I assumed that they were hiding. 
The flow of tourists going in and out of the house all day would certainly affect the energy. But as I entered the red bedroom, which is known to be her bedroom. Okay. Um, I felt a strong presence that had been there for almost 200 years. That's kind of an old smell, I think. Right? Talk about a basic bitch. <laughs> smelly basic bitch. <laughs> I mean, smelly basic <laughs> bitch. Um, I stood near the foot of the bed and gazed all around the room. As a pair of ghostly eyes studied me, I began snapping pi- picture, pictures. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Me. I, I mean, I, Jesus. I began snapping pictures of Annie's bed and the candelabras that seemed to light up each time I snapped a picture. Although the candelabras were not lit, a flame appeared in the photographs. I lingered in Annie's room for a few minutes, satisfied that I had discovered where the ghost of Rose Hall likely resided. But when we passed into another room, I was met with a surprise. Just as I entered the door, I jerked back upon seeing a man sitting at a small desk. He was writing something on a tablet. My mouth hung open. I give up. I'm done. You just, I'm going to send you this (laughs) shit and you just fucking read it because I'm a fucking dud. (laughs) I'm so close. I'm almost done. And it's just like garbage from here on out. My mouth hung open in stunned silence as my eyes fell to the floor where I noticed one of his feet turned on its side. He was wearing a leather cream colored loafer with a black buckle. That sounds like a dude with a broken ankle in ugly Yeah, it sounds a little bit weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Taste is subjective. I mean, cream colored loafers with a black buckle. Come on. That's gross. (laughs) That's just ugly. Um, please don't buy shoes like that because I Mac and I will have to roast you indefinitely. <laughs> right, That's I would never get it for my niece ever. Disgusting. Um, I then became distracted by my son taking pictures of Annie's favorite mirror. He continued to snap pictures, hoping to catch Annie's reflection, but his efforts seemed pointless until we later reviewed his pictures and were amazed by a reflection that showed up in the mirror. Could this be the corpse of one of Annie's husbands? And we will guys put all of this on our social media so that you can take a look at the photographs we're talking about. Or that I'm talking about. Laura's like, I don't know. I'm blind just like you guys. Um, She continues, perhaps one of the most convincing paranormal encounters that I experienced while touring Rose Hall was the energy that still lingered in the downstairs basement, now a gift shop, snack and snack bar and bar. Again. I think it's that's tacky. I mean, I'm going to go there. I'm going to have a drink. (laughs) I'm going to buy some stuff. But I'm going to be utterly disgusted with the whole institution while I'm there. She lies, but that's fine. Go on. (laughs) Whatever. Orbs and light portals seem to burst forth in every picture. And I suspect that these spirits are not just confined to the basement, but may roam about the mansion. The spirits are here. Although I did not sense anything malevolent from the entities, I was aware of at least two intelligent hauntings in the mansion. And I believe that the basement has a portal where souls are entering and exiting the house. During my last visit to Montego Bay, I spoke with a taxi driver who told me that nobody has ever had the nerve to stay in Rose Hall overnight 
and alone. Um, I asked one of the tour guides if this was true. They said, quote, we've had two or three psychics plan on staying the full night, but not by themselves. None of them made it through the whole night. They reported a lot of strange disturbances, such as teacups smashing on the floor. Now, visitors can take a day or night tour of Rose Hall, Great House, for um, the optimum goosebump effect, however. Many people recommend the candlelit night tour, which we're doing. I'm all, that sounds awesome. Uh-huh, a thousand percent. Um, you'll, (laughs) you'll wind your way from room to room, listening to the tales of Annie's voodoo inspired skullduggery, which is a word I don't think we use enough in this podcast. I don't think we do either. I don't think we use it at all. (laughs) We haven't, Uh, but now it's on. (laughs) Now it's on. Um, the tour concludes in the dungeon, which has been converted into the atmospheric Annie's pub where visitors can quaff a signature witch's brew cocktail made with rum and pineapple juice. So the story about Annie Palmer does sound a little unbelievable. Um, But, you know, they were, you know, these bitches that existed. It's a thing. So Um, plantation owners in general, not known for being awesome people. uh -uh. Not too hard to imagine that. Some of them, even if you were fucking completely awful, even if you were decent when you're still an asshole. So even if you were decent, there's no treated them. Well, you fed them. Well, you didn't beat them. You didn't, you still own human beings, right? You're still an asshole. So we're starting at you're a fucking terrible human being and there's nowhere to go from, but there's no upside. Like it's all going down. It's all going down. And Delphine and Annie are proof of this. So The story about her sounds unbelievable, and its authenticity is actually questionable. So after an investigation of the legend in 2007, it was concluded that the mysterious story was based on Herbert G. de Lassier's novel, The White Witch of Rose Hall. Although a real Annie Palmer did exist, she was actually not related to Rose Hall. And all the evidence shows that she wasn't sadistic or evil. Another investigation states that Annie Palmer may have been confused with Rosa Palmer, the real mistress of Rose Hall. Rosa did indeed have four husbands, but she's actually far from the evil voodoo queen mentioned in the events that I talked about. Now, a Falmouth newspaper editor published a pamphlet in 1868, The Kittens Are Getting in an uproar, I can hear them. I can hear them. I can hear them too. I don't. I don't see them. They're kind of just. I don't know. They're running around a little bit. Good luck. Sun. I'm worried. They did not like the story. That's. I can't. I can't help that. Uh, it was a bad. They're it like, was a bad episode to introduce them to. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, a newspaper editor published a pamphlet in 1868 containing most of the ingredients of the tale, but linking it to Rosa Palmer rather than Annie. Others then pitched it with different versions, supposedly family memories, hearsay, and other third-hand accounts. By 1911, a book on, quote, Old St. James had transferred the blame to Annie Palmer and claimed her husband's fate was unknown, which was clearly untrue since his death was reported at the time in the Royal Gazette and in the Kingston Chronicle. I love those papers. They are just Mm -hmm. really top drawer. 
His obituary read, his intrinsic worth, kind heart, and generous disposition obtained him the esteem of all his acquaintance, but to his family and those friends who had the pleasure of being intimate with him, his loss is irreparable. So the legend became complete and fact and fiction inextricably merged with the publication. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) You got this. The legend became complete and fact and fiction inextricably merged with the publication in 1929 of the novel, The White Witch of Rose Hall by Herbert G. de Lassier. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the hauntings and the history of Rose Hall Plantation in Montego Bay, Jamaica. Yay, you made it. It was such a go for a long time. It was <laughs> I'm, a gonna, bit. I'm gonna admit yeah. that was that was a big one. Um, no, after after I mean, I did read that stuff that like you know she had been credited with the acts of multiple people, kind of merged um, with story, kind of a telephone situation, you know, mm-hmm. rumors and and stuff. But I mean, I think regardless of how true or it was just this one person or a different person or both. Um, the fact that this place was not a happy place does not, has not changed. No. And the country was, I mean, it 60,000 enslaved people led a revolt. I, it, right. None of this changes. That none history. of it. No, it doesn't change any of that history, whether it was, this story came from somewhere. Somebody did these right. things. Um, even, I mean, even if it's a bunch of a bunch of stories, even over like a century, that got merged together into one bad person. I mean, bad things happened on this plantation. That is one hundred percent fact. That so is one hundred percent fact. That were owned. There were slaves that were mistreated. There are um, there were deaths that happened in this property. Mm-hmm. Multiple. And that's that's the and thing. Terrible that I love. beatings and everything else. Yeah, that's the thing that I love about storytelling. And two of my favorite authors, Stephen King and J.K. Rowling, um, they they have written some of the most amazing and culturally defining novels and stories mm-hmm. that my generation, my mother's generation, my son's generation have all grown up with and known but every single one of their books was derived from some real life experience some story that they heard that had happened something that was true um it, it some something that inspired them right it, there's some idea behind it there's some idea behind it and that's not to something say that the it. human mind can't come up with brilliant stuff because I think those two authors are amazing. L. Frank Baum. I mean, God. But it all, something ignites the spark of imagination. And from there Mm -hmm. it grows. Something ignited the spark of imagination about Annie Palmer. So much to the point that Johnny Cash loved Jamaica so much. He bought the plantation next door and still was haunted by whatever the hell whether it was this woman or not, went on at Rose Hall. So I think... um, If he spent so much time there too, and he 
Mm-hmm. I mean, being an artist is probably sensitive to stories and et cetera too. And so he's going to yeah. hear all kinds of stuff living next door. And then, you know, if he's having experiences too, and you know, he has to know that there's some, some grain of truth somewhere along the line. Something right? there at some point. There's, yes. There's, there's something, something true. There's something that just kind of maybe ignited like all these different veins that shot off from it and created what it is today. Uh, regardless, it's obviously a haunted location. Um, plantations generally are. Um, a lot of the stories that I have read, um, I think that the the enslaved people were very strong in mind and body. Um, mm-hmm. but And faith, generally. And faith. But you cannot live that kind of life without your soul being fractured and broken and tortured. And that, I think, is what is what actually leads to hauntings. Um, think about when we were at College Hill. Like, those incinerators, people lost their limbs working in those cold mines and they were just tossed in the incinerators or they died. And they didn't have a proper burial. And so their bodies were cremated in these incinerators and their ashes are still there. Yeah, our bodies are just a vessel. Like we are a soul. We have a body. It's not the opposite way. In my belief, we have mm-hmm. a, you know, we have a body. The, you know, we are a body. We have a soul. No, we are a soul. We have a body. Um, and granted, I think that, you know, our bodies are our bodies and we take care of them and we can either like live forever or live a long time or we can die super, super early because we, you know, eat too many bagels and cream cheese and we get put on Lipitor like Gary. Or uh, we can take really, really good care of it and look like Elle McPherson at the age of 50 goddamn five. But um, it's just a vessel. It's just a vessel for carrying our soul. But I think um, it doesn't diminish the torture, the physical and emotional torture that these people went through. But the scars on a soul um, definitely do. I think that that, um, this place and all plantations, Myrtle's plantation and the LaLaurie mansion and oh, oh, some of the, the most infamous haunted locations that I am and will going, go investigate. Am and will going investigate? Words are hard. Gotcha. This episode is yeah. really hard. It's Jamaican, so I don't really know how they pronounce mm-hmm. stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to... You it's know, really hard. Bob Marley is Trying to get the dialect... Me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that, you know, it, it, maybe any Palmer didn't exist, but I think somebody, somebody did. Yeah. Something like yeah. her. Somebody well, she did, did exist, but yeah. I mean, I think it, again, she did, I think it, it, it maybe a combination she of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, um, great job on the history, Laura. That was, that was fabulous. I'm, I'm glad that great you. Great job on the. Thank you. Good job yeah, on, that. on the on the caca yuck and gore. Yeah. Well, I left that yeah. to you, and I felt I feel really good about it. I still think that was a solid decision on my part. <laughs> also, I would have I, like, I would I would have been really mad if you had taken like I would have been like, bitch, that's my thunder. Give that back. Yep. Exactly. I like to tell about it. the horrible, I know it. awful, no good, really bad shit. I like exactly. to make Aaron cry in the shower. What are you doing? Right. Um, I love you, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, Aaron. <laughs> sorry, Aaron. Um, anyway, yeah, it's it's not great. Um, we very rarely cover episodes that are this dark and um 
This is a dark one. It's a this bad one. This is a really dark one. This is a bad one. There's no, there's no where to go. There's no, there's, there's, there's no, yeah, there's, there's nowhere to go, but down. Not, a um, not at all. So um, to that, we are going to say always be kind, everybody, please choose kindness. Um, it costs you nothing. It really doesn't cost you anything to be kind and um, open your mind Thank you a for little s- bit. Um, Thank you for sticking in there with us for this one. Yeah. That was a, that's a rough one. Thanks for sticking in it's there. It's a rough one. Yeah, for sure. Um, Laura is going to go and um, try and get her kitten bitches in line. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Pretty uh, much uh, the inmates are running the asylum over here. Yep, the kittens. I know. And the, and, and, and Zane is, is still visiting family in Texas. Like, right? Can't wait, wait till he comes back on Friday. It's going to be an <laughs> absolute shit show of him just running around with kittens. Should be so fun. Everybody's screaming. It's anarchy. I don't even. Um, Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be super great. Uh, I am going to go and try and figure out how to make this YouTube show amazing. We're going to launch it in September. We pushed it a month because we're not ready. And none of our <laughs> listeners are goddamn surprised. But, oh, we did release what? our new logo. We did release our new logo earlier. And we didn't talk about in the EVPs in the beginning. We hope you guys love it. Um, Koi drew the logo again and it is amazing and wonderful. Laura and I just love it. We really do. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's really great. We hope you feel the same way. Yeah, we do. It was really simple and it was also very, very history of a haunting podcast. Um, a little spilled glass of wine that turned into a ghost. So we've got merch coming, um, guys, and we're going to be releasing that little by little. A lot of the shit we want is backordered, which is kind of a huge bummer because we were like, let's get merch. Oh, 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 all that's backordered? Really? Till then? Oh, all right. Well, but we are we are working on things just a little bit of time. So you'll yeah. start to see stuff. Um, popping out here a little bit at a, a little bit at a, at a time. So um, we yeah. hope that you guys are as excited as we are. Um, I hope that you guys are all as excited as my entire family who's getting our merchandise for Christmas. Um, and feel free to do the same and order all of your family our merchandise. I'm sure that they will love it. Including kitten sweaters. Yeah, it's kitten sweaters. <laughs> we don't really have kitten sweaters. <laughs> They're on back order. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they should make kitten sweaters. That'd be great. Oh my God. Um, Anyway, we love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. It was a it was a gruesome episode. It was really hard. Um, I hope that I brought a little bit of levity by not saying basic words uh, correctly and uh, Laura giggling and making fun of me as I stumble through it. Um, awesome. That's what I'm here for. It is what you're here for. Thank you. I appreciate that, you mm-hmm. asshole. Uh, and to that end, guys, as always... Here at History of a Haunting Podcast, we want to tell you to stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening. Is listening. <laughs> what? We almost Lord. got it. We're almost there. We're almost there. I mean, we've been really today's been really basic, so we're just doing this <laughs> this point. <laughs> Seriously, I think that's gonna become a sticker. Basic bitches. <laughs> basic bitches. Doing basic shit. Doing basic shit. <laughs> All right, guys, we love you, and uh, we will see you next week with a brand new episode. And Laura's going to fuck up all those words. I have faith. (laughs) She's probably not wrong. (laughs) I have faith, too. (laughs) Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. We love you.
Love you. Thank you.